0: this season on more and more every day. Let's do something together every day to be better oral historians. I don't know about you, but I love a daily task, whether it's a writing prompt to get me focused or a quick icebreaker to start class discussion. I love short, easy challenges. That's why this season's 10 minute or so episodes will feature experts, like-minded colleagues, resources, and things I'm learning along the way, But each episode will also end with a prompt, something you and I can do that day to improve our skills as oral historians. I'm your host, Summer Sherland. Let's do this. I am a terrible listener. Okay, that's not necessarily true. I am an active listener. I'm invested in every story, every conversation, and every discussion in ways that I'm sure can be maddening to my friends and family. Believe me when I say I interject with questions, I laugh loudly, and I always react to big moments and stories with glee and captivation. What can I say? I love a good chat. But this makes me a nightmare for transcriptionists. (laughs) No one wants to hear the narrator's fascinating story interrupted by the interviewer going, wow, or you're kidding, no way. But I have to tell you, it is like fighting every instinct in my body to not react that way in oral history interviews. I feel so awkward in interviews when a narrator tells an entertaining tale and I sit there silently. I gotta give them something, right? So usually when I start an interview, I warn the narrator. I say, I'm an active listener, so you're gonna see me nodding and smiling a ton. That's just me. But you also might see a peculiar reaction by me mouthing words or questions to you. These poor narrators, they didn't sign up to be interviewed by a mime, but I'm just trying my best, right? So today I'm going to work on some active listening nonverbal cues. Look, there's nothing wrong with active listening. One medical study done in 2014 states that those, quote, who received active listening responses felt more understood than participants who received either advice or simple acknowledgement. But, quote, as active listeners, we want to be excited and engaged, but don't let excitement manifest itself in interruptions. Being an active listener means knowing when to maintain our role as listener and resist the urge to take a conversational turn. And research shows this became really interesting and apparent to me, that people in a higher social status are more likely to interrupt others. So keep this in mind and be prepared for it if you are speaking to a high-status person Or try to resist if you are the higher status person in an interaction. In a different episode, we're going to talk about roles that your narrator plays, roles that you play, and subjectivity and intersubjectivity. That's for a future conversation. But I did want to point you uh, to this comment about how research shows that people in a higher social status bracket are more likely to interrupt or interject than those in a lower social status bracket. It can be tough because when you're doing an oral history, you clearly have the upper hand in some cases, right? You're the person with the questions. You are the person with the microphone and the recorder. So your narrator might not be at ease. They may not feel like they have the power in the relationship at that time. So I try to keep this in mind by keeping my active listening under control it's not appropriate for me to interrupt my narrator, even if it's just because I'm agreeing with them or responding to their thoughts. So let's keep working on some nonverbal active listening responses. Well, I went digging. I went looking for what are some nonverbal active listening ways to participate in a conversation. There's an open course book done by the University of Minnesota Libraries called Communication in the Real World, An Introduction to Communication Studies. And here's the description. Communication in the Real World overviews the time-tested conceptual foundations of the field while incorporating the latest research and cutting-edge applications of these basics. Each chapter includes a timely, concrete, and real-life example of communication concepts in action, and I'll link to it in the show notes. So I found my way to the section titled, quote, Improving Listening Competence. Active listening in that chapter is defined as, quote, the process of pairing outwardly visible positive listening behaviors with positive cognitive listening practices. Active listening can help address many of the environmental, physical, cognitive, and personal barriers to effective listening. The behaviors associated with active listening can also enhance informal, critical, and empathetic listening. I think I speak for all of us when I say we want to be informational and we want to be empathetic. So there are some real good points of why we should actively listen in our interviews, but we've got to do it quietly. So here are some of the active listening behaviors suggested in the source, and these are all nonverbal. Eye contact. Eye contact is a key sign of active listening. Speakers usually interpret a listener's eye contact as a signal of attentiveness. Some of us have been doing oral history for a while, so we're really kind of comfortable in the room, right? We look at the narrator, we nod, we recognize that this is a conversation. But a lot of us who are brand new to oral history get nervous, and so we're anticipating the next question as our narrator is thinking of or talking through their first response. Well, that means sometimes you're looking down at your notepad, you're looking down at your clipboard, you're thinking, you're looking off in the distance, trying to think about the next question or how you can analyze this current question. And that might signal to your narrator that you're not paying attention. So work on your eye contact. Try to be natural in the conversation. Don't look down at your paper as if it's some sort of test. But then there's this other thing, intermediate eye contact. So while a lack of eye contact may indicate inattentiveness, it can also signal cognitive processing. So when we process new information, oftentimes we look up or off in the distance and we usually do it unconsciously. So know that your conversational partner may not interpret this as active listening. They may think you're not paying attention. But once in a while, like don't stare them down. (laughs) Once in a while, kind of let your eye look to the side Go ahead and be quizzical or thoughtful, but then return to appropriate, comfortable eye contact. How about a head nod? An occasional head nod or uh uh-huh signals that you are paying attention. However, don't go on autopilot. I have seen students and others just start to nod kind of robotically and nod at inappropriate times. So use head nodding kind of calmly and during appropriate moments. The other thing is maybe don't nod if they're telling a difficult story and relating um, a perspective or a thought from someone else that was negative because that might indicate that you are in agreement with the negative experience that they just had. How about smiling? Some of us are natural smilers. Others have to work on it. Slightly raising your eyebrows as a signal of interest and captivation. Upright posture. Upright posture. Oftentimes, if we face our narrator in a way that looks as though we're upright, we're paying attention, we're attentive, our posture is good, we are aware of the conversation, correct? And then another thing, and they do this in counseling, is body position that's leaning in towards the speaker. You kind of square your body so that you're sitting in a chair with your body kind of open towards the narrator. You're not closed off, you're not crossing your arms, you're not crossing all your legs, and you lean forward ever so slightly to indicate interest. There are a few other examples of active nonverbal listening, and I'm gonna give you two. The first is mirroring. An automatic reflection or mirror of any facial expression used by your speaker. So, if your speaker's telling a funny story and you don't want to interject by laughing, that's me, you can still sort of nod and smile as if you're laughing along, but do it silently. If they look like they're struggling or frustrated, now be authentic here. Don't, you know, don't mirror them as if you're playing a game. But if they are being sad, if they're having a difficult moment, you can be somber as well. And then, this is another way to determine an active listening nonverbal setup. Manage the physical space of the interview. A lot of us have been doing remote interviews lately, and strangely enough, this, this kind of equalizes out the role of who's in power because you're both just little icons on a screen. But in a physical space, if you're doing an interview at a dining room table or you're doing an interview in someone's family room or in a television studio, think about the messages that your physical setup sends. Sitting side by side is sending a message about collaboration and partnership. If you sit across the desk from someone, it indicates rank. One of you is in authority position, the other is not. If you stand or walk together, it generally implies collegiality. So think about the physical space where you tend to do your interviews. What message do you want to send to your narrator to get them to open up the most? Do you want them to see you as an authority? Probably not. Do you want them to see you as a colleague or a friend or a collaborator? Most likely, as long as you're doing it appropriately. So today, let's work on some nonverbal active listening cues together. Today, select something from this list. I'll put them all in the show notes, but pick something. Eye contact, head nod, note taking. Oh, I didn't mention note taking. That's sort of uh, quickly writing down or jotting down notes. That can indicate active listening, but don't get too distracted. Okay, so pick from the list. Eye contact head nod, note-taking, smiling, slightly raised eyebrows, upright posture, square open body position that is leaned in toward the speaker, mirroring, or managing your physical setup. Pick one of those cues, whichever you think you need to practice a bit more. Ask a family member or a friend to do a mock interview with you. Just sit down and talk to them. Ask a few low stakes questions like, how was your day? What did you learn this week? Where did you grow up? And while they answer, focus on that nonverbal active listening skill. Get some feedback from them when you're done. And when you're done, write your observations in your journal. And let me know how it went at SMCC History, hashtag more and more every day. We want to hear from you. Tell us how you did today at SMCC History. Use the hashtag more and more every day on Instagram and Twitter. Our email is at gmail.com. And I hope you follow us, write a review, or suggest us to a colleague. More and more every day is brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project at South Mountain Community College in partnership with the Southwest Oral History Association. Music by Noah Gattel.